by that time, I was so fatigued with my life, trying to make it work, not understanding what to do next. I had nothing in me left to give that business. And I said to myself, to the intelligence of life, higher consciousness that's always with us, just said, listen, I'm going to let let it go if it needs to go, or I'm just going to let go of even thinking what's going to happen with it, what's going to happen with me. I'm going to trust that life is going to guide me to where I need to be. What am I going to bring to this life? What am I going to create? What, am I, what do I want? And this fire was saying, what does life want? What does life need? So when we actually ask, what does life want of me? Then it will start to show you. Welcome to the Radical Health Rebel podcast with your host, Lee Brandon. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and a warm review. Your opinions are important and your ratings help grow the podcast and help educate people to lead a healthier, more productive, fulfilling and happy life. If video is your thing, please check out the Radical Health Rebel YouTube channel where you'll find fun bite-sized clips from each episode. And now, here is Lee, the Radical Health Rebel, with this week's podcast. Laurie Latham Sharp, welcome to the Radical Health Rebel podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. Nice to be here, Lee. Good morning. It's great to be here, isn't it? And, um... It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while since we've uh, had a good chat. Uh, I think I think in Trafalgar Square last time we had a good chat. <laughs> Being in Trafalgar Square, rabble rousing a little bit, and yeah, standing on ground, Wait, waiting to get beaten up by the riot police of London. <laughs> narrowly avoided that actually. It was narrowly avoided, wasn't it? Very Glad narrowly avoided. Awesome. So today's episode is entitled "Transformation" with Laurie Latham Sharp. Now, we certainly are living in a time of transformation. We have non-elected global technocrats rolling out a plan across the world that no one voted for, and it would seem have the power to stop. Or do we? Could our current predicament be the greatest opportunity to transform our lives for the better, and if so, how? In this week's episode, I will delve deep into how we can all possibly turn a crisis into an opportunity of transformation with the former food entrepreneur, Laurie Latham-Sharp. So Laurie, to kick things off, would you mind sharing a little bit about you, your upbringing, your professional career, and also your journey that led you to turning your own crisis into a transformation? Yeah, well, where do I begin? Where do I end? At the beginning. At the beginning, always a good place. Okay, yeah, I mean, the thing about my story is, there's some slightly remarkable things, I guess, about it. But it's also a, a very normal sort of story. A lot of people, particularly from our sort of generation, but probably even modern day, it's probably a story that will relate to them because it was a very conventional upbringing, you know. It wasn't particularly special. I was uh just for you know my childhood was particularly in sort of 80s 90s you know that was my my core era born in the late 70s and so born into the time where you know we go to school we're educated you know 
go home, have a few hobbies, watch a bit of TV, go back to school. You know, you behave yourself, you get your grades, you make it to the next level of education. You're a good boy or a good girl. And that's what you're expected. And throughout the education, you know, you're told, well, if you do this and you do that and you you, you behave and you sit in your seat and you, you, you know, then your life will succeed in a way. You know, you'll get to a point where you'll mm. go into the wide world, you'll get a job, you'll be in that job for many years. You'll meet someone, you'll probably get married, you'll probably have kids, you'll probably, you know, retire someday, have a lovely few years and then you'll pop your clogs <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that that really is it. And yeah. so that was me, you know, uh, lived with my, my parents, my brother and me and contented lifestyle, particularly the 80s, still a favourite decade of mine. Life, especially compared to today, was so simple. You know what I mean? Um, ignorance is bliss, as they say. So I had a really happy childhood um, that I remember up, up until I was about 12 years old <laughs> um, when I went into my secondary school and then I just struggled, you know, I just really struggled. And I, I think um, for me, I didn't realize why I was struggling. And I thought I was just badly behaved, a bit hyperactive. And so I started to get in trouble, be put on report a lot, but I'd make my way through. I'd get by, I wouldn't get kicked out or anything like that, but, um, but it was difficult but I made it through, <clears throat> made it through sixth form just about. I enjoyed my sports. That's the thing that saved me. I love the physical aspect, played a lot of rugby and um, got into the typical teenage life of boozing and girls and all that whilst, you know, getting to university, continuing in that, getting through university again by the skin of my teeth and then popping out into the big wide world. And you know, that's where I really want to start because, you know, I get into the big wide world of uh, new career. Um, this is the beginning of of the promised land. You know, this is the be all and end all. Get, going to get some money, going to become a real man, an adult. And, you know, this is where it all begins. This is, this is where, like, the education, this is where, this is where I've been guided to, to this point. And I step out into my new job as a salesman, an advertising salesman in London. And I'm like, is this it? You know, is this it? Like, I was 22 by the time I got this job. And most of those years being geared up on this path throughout education to get to this point of this job. And I didn't know it at the time. But I was very unhappy. And I was probably very unhappy many ways before that as well, you know, especially when I went into that secondary school at the age of 12. A bit of a wave, you know, some times were better than others. But but really, I feel the path that I went down was just narrowing who I was, just boxing me in more and more and more. The more we went down that path, started, came out of the womb, expansive, Here's life. Wow. You know, and then it's like, okay, yeah, but you go down this path, go down this path, go down this path. And so I go down this path and I arrive in this tiny little box 
into the big wide world of London town as a salesman. And I'm like, is this it? But then the other, I didn't even really realise I was asking myself that question. But because the other part of me was so indoctrinated and programmed with how life should be and that this is it, that I was like, okay, well, let's make this work then. And if it's not working for me, then I, there must be something wrong with me. And there was a part of myself that knew that it wasn't working, that I wasn't very happy. I shouldn't be in this position. It didn't suit me. But as with many of us and with many of the times up before, I would convince myself that it was my fault that this life wasn't working for me, that it was just that I was wrong or I was badly behaved or I was lazy or mm. I was not very competent at my job or I just needed to work on my personality to fit into this life and with all these people that I was surrounded by. And to do that, booze would help me a lot you know it was like mm. work hard play hard all that bollocks really yeah. uh was was the the line of the time and so yeah you know i'd be numbing myself and unhappiness and the questions i was probably asking myself with lots of drinking as we as we do you know throughout university throughout you know for many of our years you know especially in the british culture and then that turned into taking drugs sort of from my mid 20s for a few years and getting into that as well you know just uh, typical sort of ecstasy bit of cocaine bit of this and that and to be fair in a way <laughs> there's some great times some great fun to be had mm. but my body was starting to to break down on me you know as was my my mental health from just being in the wrong place, trying to push myself into the into the wrong life, which I've been slowly but surely forced into over the years up until then. And so I was in London doing those sorts of jobs for a few years, and I didn't even realise how bad my health was getting, but I'd wake up in the morning and... It would take me hours to get out of bed. And even then I could hardly speak for hours in the morning or function. And eventually, you know, getting into my mid-twenties and a bit later, my self-confidence was, was going. My energy was going. Just basic functioning was going. And to, to hold up a job was really difficult. And I was still trying to make these sales jobs, advertising sales jobs, work for me. And I'd hide behind my computer. I'd just try and get by each day and hide from everyone, really, from seeing the absolute failure that I felt I was and that my, my performance was really showing me to be as well because I just did not take to this sales mm. environment and advertising. In the end, I got my the best job, you know, my dream job in advertising, it's sort of age of 26, 27. But again, I just was not functioning. And after six months, I was just given the boot. And I must say, throughout these years, up until this point, 26, 27, although I knew that I wasn't functioning particularly well, you know, 
maybe I wasn't even aware of that. I got to this. I got to this point where where it was like oh, I've had this dream job. Something's just not not going right here. I got to re, you know, take some stock of where I am and what needs to go on from here. So I had a couple of little part time jobs, and I found myself on the set of a, a Coca Cola advert, actually doing some extras work. Strangely enough, and it was here I bumped into a chap who was a personal trainer, who actually made me aware that even at the ripe old age of 26 or 27, that I could retrain into something that would be much more in alignment with, with me because I was always into sports activity, something I was good at and it just felt good. So suddenly the lights went on. I was like, well, here we go. I'm going there. Did all the training, got into personal training and as soon as I got sort of one of my first jobs, so actually one of my first jobs in personal training, I was introduced by a friend of ours, actually Stu Peach, to Paul Check's work. And this is going back to 2004 now. I was about 27, 28. Introduced me to things like gluten, you know, dairy and the, the problems with that, the energy issues with all that, and just the whole sort of holistic perspective of, of health. And so I started to slowly work on mine and see some differences. But it was when I got to, to Brighton, I worked at LA Fitness down there. That is, I, I, I met a, um, uh, what would you call it? A nutritionist, but a very holistic sort of approach to nutrition and well-being. And we were going to work together on some packages. And um, in the end... She was the one who really opened my eyes to the state of my health and how bad it was. And it was so it was a funny sort of dichotomy of stepping into personal training, you know, this bright eyed, healthy individual meant to be, you know, there to encourage and motivate others. And yet at the same time, when I'm going to be this portraying this person and being this person for other people, I realized how bad my own health was and what I was suffering with. And so I had to start really working on myself because I was propping myself up mm. with, yeah, a double espresso before every client. I was just drinking espresso throughout the day. I was just, just pushing myself as hard as I could because I was, I, essentially, I was suffering from chronic fatigue and multiple environmental sensitivities, food and sensitivities and intolerances. I could hardly eat anything without it affecting me. And, and it would knock me on my back and really kick off the chronic fatigue. And I would have to struggle to get up and get into my job. And I'd have to prop myself up with caffeine and all sorts. And it was from here that I had to changed my life but you know it, it took me until the age of 40 to, to think I've really got a handle on it now it took me you know 12 13 years to really get to a place of of getting a handle on it and it's been a long story but essentially I I went and saw doctors I went and asked them what was going on because you know as soon as I realized what was going on as soon as I started to unravel it a little bit, it got worse before it got better. And mm. I had to, I had to go into a life whereby I had to stop 
eating a lot of what I was eating. I had to just basically eat brown rice and chicken and some vegetables. Even the brown rice would kick things off every now and again. I had to be very mindful of that. I had to stop, obviously, drinking. I had to stop lots of things. I had to completely stop my social life. I had to really go into the cave. And I'd just find myself very alone in my own bedroom, trying to work everything out, researching everything. And after another few years, come to about the age of 33, you know, so I'd been aware of this these health issues for a while, I'd been working on them for a while. And now at the age of 33, I've been working, actually I've gone back into recruitment, into a recruitment job because my, my energy, my health just could not sustain a personal training job. And so, yeah, so friends of mine have launched a recruitment company and I managed to get a job with them because it allowed me just really to sit at a desk and have a little bit more control over my life, but also gain some money, which I could then invest into, into uh, solving my issues and working with people. But having found my passion and purpose, my, my path in life, which was health and healing and well-being, obviously life had other plans for me. And age of 33, 2008, nine, suddenly the economy crashed. So I lost that job. I moved out of London, down to Bristol, didn't have any money, had loads of debts. Didn't, I still suffering from chronic fatigue, which was even worse with the, with the stress. I couldn't get a job. I went into voluntary bankruptcy, which was the only path for me. And then within two months, my dad had died of cancer. So my whole world collapsed around me at the age of about 33. And I found myself in this mm. studio flat in the middle of Bristol, contending with chronic fatigue, my health issues, not knowing where to go in my career, how to earn money, having lost one of my, I say, my, one of my stabilising wheels, my father, who, you know, was a real support to me in many times, especially in times of crisis. And I just was in this dark night of the soul. You know, I was in really, you know, a pit that I could not scrabble out of. And I just had to sit within it for many months and allow life to sort of guide me out of it, really. And it was from that time, really, that then things started to come to me. Ideas started to come to me, but it was more that I was there empty-handed now. I had nothing. What could I do but just to sort of let go a little bit and and take the opportunities that came to me now because I could not think my way out of this. But suddenly an opportunity came Well, I looked into um, fermented foods. I was still working my health, still spending all the time I could, any resources I had, researching 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 my health what's going on with me but health in general using myself as a guinea pig and i read a couple of books one by sally fallon nourishing mm-hmm. traditions another one the gut mm-hmm. ecology diet i think it's mm-hmm. called by donna gates i think i both recommended fermented foods so i was like okay let's get some fermented foods and by that time you know Actually, at that time, I could not find any in the shops. So I thought to myself, right, I'm going to make my own. So I started making my own, making some kefir at home. Then I thought, well, I'll maybe make do a farmer's market, see if I can make any money at a farmer's market. But as life would have it, I ended up bumping into 
one person who introduced me to another person who had the same idea but wanted to make fermented foods into a business. We worked together for about six months, but actually he didn't really pull his weight, so we we split. By that time, I'd got my ducks in a row, found a supplier, found this, that, the other, and thought, I'm just, I'm just going to do it myself, you know. And um, that was about 12 years ago now, 13 years ago, when I started mm. uh, Laurie's Tummy Loving Foods. So really, to cut a long story short, you know, I, I was on the wrong path for much of my life. You could say the right one because, you know, mm. there's no, no yeah. such thing as right or wrong, really. It is just life. Mm. And you have to go through some difficult things to, to learn often. But this, when I found my purposeful path, it was because of my health issues. If I'd not had mm. those, I wouldn't have been directed to find my true path, which isn't the health and the healing um, arena. And from that, I wouldn't have created the business that I created, which has taken me an amazing journey, obviously, of learning about business creation um entrepreneurialism but also that that business gave me a foundation to help me travel and work remotely for the last five years which you know work really sometimes because i created quite a systemized business yeah for the last five or six years especially sort of traveling and working a couple of hours a week and often I'm not saying that's the best mm. way to work all the time but um <laughs> it's certainly gave me then the time and the resources to spend that time traveling and researching even deeper more now the sort of the, the I guess my journey from the very beginning when I was working with clients as a personal trainer I'd see these people who came in and they told me what they wanted to get slimmer to get fitter stronger whatever it may be but when I'd help them and guide them into what they need to do to do that they wouldn't do it or they sabotage themselves or however it would be. And from that point, I'd just be under, wanting to know what is the real reason that people are not doing this? What's the real reason in me? What's the deeper root of this either self-sabotage or this just not being able to, to truly um, get ourselves to do what we want? you know, mm. and what we know to be good for us in many cases. And it's just been, my journey has been deeper and deeper and deeper to those, to those root causes um, to a point whereby a lot of my work now has gone into the very deep sort of spiritual realms in terms of, in terms of when I say that connecting with more the unseen influences as well, um, mm. which can have an effect. And, yeah, it's been very interesting. So now, I mean, it's a long story, but I'll go into the, <laughs> the next part because that was really my major transformational period. And that was the major crisis was my own ill health, but it bore, I was very fortunate that the conventional medical establishment could not tell me what was wrong. I had the blood work of, a, um, of an anorexic for many years, they took a lump puncture out of my hip. They they tested me for leukemia um, because that was what my blood how my blood work was. So it's obvious I was having such terrible health problems. But they couldn't help me, which was great. 
because I couldn't get caught into that medical system, which is really typically, I'm not saying in the acute phase of, you know, injury, uh, help with people's injuries and acute phases of disease, you know, they're not helpful. They are. Um, and there's a way to use the medical establishment, but typically it's about symptom suppression and it's about disease management and it's about disease. It's not about health really. And mm. what I went into is actually how to bring health back to my being rather than just how to suppress the symptoms. And that's true healing. Yeah. yeah what was it that, motivated you to to travel <laughs> a girl probably <laughs> okay <laughs> pretty much the case often no well i'm yep. i'll go into there's another period but i'll go into that because it links into this but essentially you know i i built my business up in quite a conventional way as well you know and i was always probably aiming to have my own house my car relationship and that typical model of success, material success, you know, a business that paid me and was doing well. And so I built my business up over a few years to, to that point where I was renting this beautiful house on the river in Buckinghamshire here. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Had a, had a car, just met a girl. Business was doing well. Pay myself a nice salary. And this girl who I'd met, was American she had to actually go back to America after six months on her, her visa and by that time I was hook line and sinkers you know mm. but when she had to go back I realized how bored I was in these trappings of life and and it's a good mm. phrase these trappings I'm not saying it's all bad we need a certain element of safety and security perhaps but but it were trappings for me again it was a, a square house you know the square house, watching a square box, in a square life, driving a square vehicle, everything, you know, a box is a really, really good sort of metaphor for, for how life is created these days. You know, mm. uh, you can simply look at that and look at your life and think, is, is a box really what we want to be living in, in many ways? But for me, yeah, continue that story, I... I realized how, how my life was not what I wanted it to be, even though I'd reached that level of material success. And so I packed up the house, I sold my belongings and uh, headed off with my, my then partner. And um, yeah, I've been traveling ever since, um, spending lots of periods of time um, in different places. Take me to meet with many amazing people, have amazing experiences and, um, and really delve more deeply into my into my being, into my soul and into my life and to create the life that I truly am here to lead and the experiences I'm truly here to have, to gain the knowledge that I'm here to now share. You're listening to the Radical Health Rebel podcast. Are you regularly suffering from painful bloating and wind that can be smelly and embarrassing? Are your bowel movements not as they should be, either constipation or diarrhoea? or possibly alternating between the two? Do you find the pain is bad enough, but the bloating and cramps make you feel awful and are affecting your everyday life? Do you sometimes feel you can't eat properly because of the wind, bloating and pain? And has your doctor told you that you have IBS, but unable to help find you a solution? 
Do you feel right now that you simply don't know what's causing your symptoms and whatever your doctor has suggested hasn't worked? And you feel frustrated that you're still far from having a normal, flat, comfortable tummy? Have you invested a lot of time, energy and money into improving your symptoms and don't wish to waste any more? Do you feel frustrated and depressed and don't feel like you can take part in all the activities you enjoy and sometimes have to cancel attending events because of the way your tummy feels? Do you fear that if you don't get this sorted, you could end up with a much more serious gastrointestinal disease? Well, if so, what would help you right now is to understand the root cause of your digestive condition rather than continuing to try to mask the symptoms with over-the-counter or prescribed medications. You need help understanding how factors such as nutrition, gut health, stress and toxicology affect the digestive system and how to optimise these factors. You need someone who can advise, motivate and support you every step of the way, someone who has walked the path before and taught many others to do the same. What you need is my Overcome Your Digestive Issues programme. My Overcome Your Digestive Issues programme can help you in the following ways. I will help you understand the root causes of your digestive problems and teach you how to approach the condition holistically via expert advice on nutrition and lifestyle factors. The Overcome Your Digestive Issues program will start by ensuring you are on the right diet for you based on your genetics or metabolic type and one that avoids the foods that are known to exacerbate your condition. We'll go on a journey step by step, learning all the necessary lifestyle changes required to achieve a flat, comfortable, pain-free tummy. Each weekly 30-minute coaching session will include advice, support and guidance specifically tailored to your needs and at a speed that is right for you. Once you're eating right for your metabolic type, you will begin to see changes in how your tummy feels and we will also uncover all the necessary blocking factors that you may have and you'll be taught how to reduce, replace or eliminate all the factors that are causing your digestive problems. Ultimately, this program will enable you to achieve a flat, calm and comfortable tummy every day for the rest of your life. For more information about how to improve your gut health and to claim a complimentary no-obligation gut health consultation, please go to www.bodycheck.co.uk, that's B-O-D-Y-C-H-E-K, and fill in the request form at the top of the homepage and we'll be in contact to arrange a convenient time. Now, back to the podcast. So I'm just going to say the important question at this stage, I guess, before we go any further, is what is transformation and why do we need to be aware of it? Yeah, it's a good good point because I wasn't up until the last couple of years really aware of transformation as such mm-hmm. a such a fundamental process of nature and of the human experience as well. Transformation for me is really an intense period of change. That's how I say it. And this is who I'm here to Mm. work with. That's how I sum it up. I'm here to work with people who are going through intense periods of change. And there's a lot of that going on at the moment in the world. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And um, I was over in my second period of transformation has happened recently, actually, very intense. Different to the first time. 
this last time has just been a real squeeze, a squeezing and a constraining of my life to, to understand it, a breakdown. I'll go into that in a moment, but that's the thing with transformation is that this intense period of change often comes or probably always comes with a level of breakdown. And that is what we're seeing at the moment. We are seeing the the whole of the human population, the way the world is, is going through a, a big process of transformation and has perhaps wanted to go through that period of transformation for many years. But the human condition mm. is such that we will try and resist these this natural force, which is pretty stupid, really. Mm. I mean, who are we to, to mess with nature? But for me personally, um, the reason I'm in the transformational arena now is because about 18 months ago, I'd arrived in Ibiza. And it's funny, for the last few years, my, my business has not been doing too well. I had not been doing too well. And I'd get back to the UK for a little bit. I'd be like, right, okay. What I'll do is I'll find a, find a place to live and I'll really focus and I'll really get this business going again and I'll make it work, you know. And then the guidance I was getting from life around me, which we're going to in a moment, would would not help me find this house. There'd be no houses. I don't know if you know, remember back in the lockdown, there were no houses to find. There's no property. Mm. And I literally said, you know, okay, and this is, this is what I do. I, I said, okay, if you want me to be here in the UK, let's find a house. If not, show me where I need to go. It would then, I would get the signs that I had to go overseas again. And it would not make logical sense to me. I'd be like, but I really need to focus on this business that is starting to fail. Focus, 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 make it work. Surely I should be here, but no, go. You'll know why. You'll know why you, you need to go to, first of all, it's Egypt, then Romania and Ibiza. The last year in 2022, it's Argentina. Like I was like, what? I, I'd never thought of going to Argentina. But I got to Ibiza back in 2021, and uh, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, if my business is meant to be, then I'll know when I really need to work on it. I'll know when I need to make a decision on it. And it came in Ibiza when I got a call from my assistant. She said, Laurie, we can't pay the bills this month. I was like, okay, here it is. Let's have a look at this. And actually, it was my salary that was the deficit. And to make up the deficit in the bills, I had to stop paying myself. So I was like, okay, this is the point. This is the point. What do I do here? Do I really stress and really put so much effort in to rescue this or do I just let go and and let life lead lead me and lead this and by that by that time I was so fatigued with my life trying to make it work not understanding what to do next I had nothing in me left to give that business and I said to myself to the intelligence of life higher consciousness that's always with us just said listen i'm gonna let let it go if it needs to go or i'm just gonna let go of even thinking what's gonna happen with it what's gonna happen with me i'm gonna trust that life is gonna guide me to where i need to be because i've always because throughout my process i've learned 
more and more to trust life, that even the breakdown, like the breakdown of my health, the breakdown of my sales career led me to a better place, even though it was challenging. And whilst I was in Ibiza, I was working at this um, community workspace. There was a lady who'd written a a book there. It was an interesting book. And um, I saw her and I just had a word with her. I told her what was going on. You know, I haven't stopped paying myself. looks like my business is maybe starting to fail. And she said, said, Laurie, just go and take some space. Just sit in some silence. That's what you need. I was like, okay. You know, goes goes against all all the logic, doesn't it? You know, it goes against our mm. our system of saying, "How do we fix it?" Well, we do more, we think more, we just mm. try, we push. But she was saying, "Sit down, take some space, have some silence." So actually, in that moment, I felt absolutely knackered. And there were some nice sofas in the sun, in the Arbethan sun, and I sat on a sofa and I I just had a little bit of a a nap and I kept on coming out of these little naps and going back into them. And as I came out the last period of napping, I was given a sentence and I can't really explain that experience apart from, you know, you, you'll have to have had it yourself, but it wasn't, didn't come from me. It was just as I came out, there was a sentence in my mind. Mm. I hadn't even been thinking about it. It was given to me and it was just, I want to be a transformational leader. And in that moment, it just made sense. It, it made sense. It packaged nicely all the experience that I had up until this point. But it also meant that I was going to have to go more consciously into this next phase of my life to understand the transformational process even more and to trust it even more. And so with that, I spent the last 18 months letting go, trusting life, trusting that even if it breaks down everything around me, it's for good reason. If life wants my business in the world, it will keep that business in the, in the world. You know, if it doesn't, it will take it away, along with everything else, and I'll, I'll come out better for it. And that's what's happened. For a second, only recently, actually a couple of weeks ago, my business has been liquidated. I've gone for a second time into bankruptcy, and my material world has collapsed around me i'm currently at my mother's place and yeah it's a time whereby the forest has been cleared and it's time to Mm. allow new shoots to to sprout up but it's also time to start helping people understand the true nature of transformation because more and more people will be going through it and there's a lot of people again you will see it around who are resisting the fact that the world is going through a huge transformational process and we're going to go through a huge breakdown and we're going through that. It may may be slow and steady. There's no need to push it or force it. Even the resistance is fine. But once we know we're going through it is to accept that. And I'm here to help people accept it and to actually consciously face it and work with it rather than resist it. And so, yeah, it's a natural part of life. Uh, It's something we have lost the our wisdom and connection with. And so it's time to bring that wisdom back and to learn how to work with it, you know, and to allow that, that wisdom to help create what we're going into rather than using the same mentality that created the last world we lived in 
in the last lives we lived in mm-hmm. to create the next. We now need to lo- use a different level of consciousness, which this transformational process will help us get in touch with. Yeah, it's interesting. As you were speaking uh, earlier, <clears throat> you mentioned you mentioned um, the breaking down of society, which is which is happening at the moment. And what's quite interesting, you know, the the worldwide slogan "Build Back Better." that all the world leaders seem to simultaneously, you know, start using. Well, before you can build something back, you need to break it down first. Mm. Right. So, you know, what we know is, is that the the so-called world leaders are breaking down this current world. But I guess the question is what kind of world do we build back afterwards and who, and who, who takes charge of that? Is it the people that are breaking it down or is it the rest of us? I guess it's, it's not a question I know the answer to, but it's a question that I have. And I guess, you know, what you're here to do is to help people make their own path rather than just accept what they're presented with. That is absolutely it. And um, what we're seeing is, you know, this is, the, this is a, a way of creating a, a mass transformation to the same world you know a mass transformation of people to live the same lives as one another once again rather than find our authentic the authentic life that we're here to live as individuals and be on our authentic path and that's the thing is that this transformational stage is actually starts with us as an individual this transformation starts as the for the as the individual because we are those those seeds those individual seeds which need to be planted in the right fields to become what they truly are meant to become. Because if we if we try and do it, if we try and do it by being led by other people, we're being led by other people's minds, their own beliefs, their own egos, their own shadows, their own wounds, their own wants and desires, and desire for control and power and money often. We don't even we don't even need to to look at it in that way of true evil, which you know in a way it is. But we don't need to look at it like that. We can just look at it like you know, if we're going to follow people and be led by people, then of course we are going to be influenced by them. We are we are being led by them into lives of their making, and lives of their making is going to favour them and not necessarily favour you, and it's not necessarily going to be a, a life that you truly want to live. So the transformation I'm talking about is the transformation of your individual single life. And once you start to connect with your own consciousness and the higher consciousness, which you always have connection to as well, then that is the only authority that you need. And that is the only authority you should be following. Even if you take, mm. you listen to the outside authorities, whoever they may be, if you listen to any external influence, you always come back to yourself and you say, how does that feel? Is that in alignment with me? Is that something I want to do? We've seen with what's happened over the last couple of years, decisions have been sort of almost taken out of our hands or forced upon us. And it's in those moments you say to yourself, okay, well, that's what they want to do. That's what they're saying. But how does that sit with me? It sits with you fine. 
fine, that's maybe your path. If it doesn't, that's the authority. And this is this path of transformation will connect you back with the only authority that you really should be uh, listening to, which is that of your true self, which isn't necessarily in the mind, in the thinking, but is more in the feeling, mm. and of higher consciousness itself, which can sound way out there. You know, religion has unfortunately accosted a whole understanding of spirituality or of higher consciousness. It's like, you know, as soon as you mention something like that, people would think, well, you're a religious dogmatic nut. You know, I don't, I don't believe in that. That's woo woo, you know? And this is the trouble as well, because we, most people accept we've got a subconscious. Most people think we've got a waking conscious, you know, our five senses, thinking-based consciousness, everyday consciousness that we use. But when it comes to a higher consciousness, it sounds daunting to a lot of people, sounds perhaps too much, too religious in a way. But, but really, when you start working with your higher consciousness, you realise that it's just like a subconscious. We have an access to that, which is simply like I'm having a conversation with yourself. I can have a conversation with my higher consciousness and just say... Hey, and you can label it what you want if you want to. You can label it the universe or God if you want to, or anything like that. You can you you can label it your guides or your higher self, or you can just call it life or yourself. You can just say, "Hey, um, I need help on this. Show me." You know, and that sounds very simple, very basic, but that's how simple it can be. You know, we have I don't know how many millions of signals coming into our our brain every second of the day and yet we're able to filter out what we need from that moment at any time and this is simply doing that this is simply taking a conscious uh influence over our sub and higher consciousness our super consciousness and the super consciousness really as i would call it has a much better 360 view of your life and how it fits within the world itself and all those people around you. So you might say, right, okay, uh, let's, let's think of something. Like, I, you know, I was lying in bed one day thinking, right, I've got to leave this house because my because I've got four weeks to leave this house. My tenancy's up here. I've got to find a new house or go somewhere new. You know, this was when I was thinking, I need to find a house, I need to settle down. Two weeks later, still hadn't found a house. And, and I just said to the universe, I just, uh, to life, to whatever you want. I just said there in my bed out loud, okay. I said, okay, if you want me to be here to work on my business, to find a house in the UK, find me that house. If you want me to be somewhere else, if it's for my highest and best good to be anywhere else, show me where. And as all sort of social media addicted people <laughs> like to do, picked up my phone looked on Facebook and there was a picture of two girls skipping through the sands of Egypt saying, come to Egypt. There's nobody here. This was in COVID time. Mm -hmm. You can get into all these places and there's no queues and it's amazing. And and as I looked at that photo, I realised Egypt, for the last couple of days, Egypt had come up three or four times out of people's mouths. And I was like, oh, I need to go to Egypt. By 10 o'clock that next day, I booked. And it's... Good reason I went. The same with Argentina last year. 
The same with things like um, resources, because it, this higher consciousness, it knows where you need to be, what you need at that time, what resources you need. And it needs when you, knows when you don't need resources. It knows when you need a breakdown. It knows when you need to go into bankruptcy. It knows when you need to, to for somebody to step into your life or for you to reach out to someone or for you to go to somewhere because it has that 360 vision. But the trouble is that it clashes with our intellect. We're mm-hmm. saying, well, I need to fix this. This is where I want to go. This is what I want my life to be. And if I work it out, then I'll need to take step one, two, three, and then I'll be there. And life's saying, no. First of all, you're creating a bit of a prison for yourself because that's not truly what you want or what you need or what life needs you to be in this world. And secondly, you take those steps, then, you know, you're going to get nowhere or it's, you know, life is saying, let go now. Let me lead you right? This higher consciousness saying, let me lead you and um, and let's create what you, you're truly here to, to be and become. But the logical mind is finds that very difficult. Yeah, why do I need to go to Egypt? I should be here. What are you, what are you saying go to Egypt? Why? You know, why go to Argentina? Or why I should be working on, on, on this now or doing this or, you know, uh, or, or I've got an illness, I've got a disease, I should go to the doctor, then I should take these pills, and then I'll probably be fixed, you know? Uh, and it's the logical mind which often gets in the way of this transformational process. So would you say that's that's the main reason why people tend to resist transformation? It's, it's, the, it's the egoic mind? Yeah. It is one of the biggest issues is control. And, you know, we're taught to have control. We're not taught how to work with greater, greater awareness of life and consciousness and be in touch with ourselves and our feelings and that we actually can live a life that we truly want to, to live at a deeper level because we're the control element is because we want to keep safe and we want to please people and we don't want to have to step out of our comfort zone and we don't want to have to see things about ourselves which might not conform to society's norms. Hmm. So control is is a big issue. And the key to that is to let go. But even letting go is a process. Let go and let life lead. That's what I say. Let go and let life lead. Control is understandable. We've been told for many years what we should be doing, what we're here to do. You know, what's the image of success to live up to? And so control is based around many things. It's around this image of success we have. You know, if I have a wife and a kid and business that brings me this much money in a house that looks like this, then I'll be seen to be successful and I'll be able to feel good about myself. I'm doing something right. What happens when that doesn't seem to make you happy? It makes you very confused. Think you're broken. Think, well, I should want this and I should be able to make it work. Why is it not working? You know, so you you control because you want to create an image because also 
how are you going to look to other people when it's not working, when you can't hold it together, you know, going through a divorce, breaking up with someone, it's a failure. Oh, I failed. I wasn't good as a wife or a mother or as a husband. You know, what's it going to look like to my family? Who am I going to, how am I going to look to myself? You know, who am I? It's very destabilizing from all that we've been told that we should expect of ourselves and how we we should be and how we should make ourselves happy. So control, uh, the fear of failure, you know, our vision of success. You know, we're all aiming towards this single vision of success, material vision of success. And that that is really costing us because we're just trying to attach to this and hold on to it and control it. And the pressure to do that is causing so much illness in people, mental health issues, um, physical health issues. Because if you imagine putting all your energy every day to, to, to keep something working, to hold it together, there's a lot of tension, a lot of energy, rather than if we let go and we we say, okay, actually, the life I'm holding together is not a real representation of who I am. I'm not really holding it together anyway. Behind the scenes, it's a fucking mess. I'm, it may seem like I'm successful on the, on the outside, but I'm really not. I need help, but I'm not going to ask for it because even that's a sign of weakness and I'll have to admit to myself and admit to others and have to be vulnerable. And then I don't even want this life, but I've built it and I've got kids and a partner and all these bills. What the hell am I going to do? You know, we're holding this all together. And the breakdown is, is a relief and a release in a way, but it takes courage. And so often the only way we're going to actually be able to step into that and get out of the resistance is when we have no energy or will to resist anymore, to hold it all together. We just get to that point where we can't. So it's almost like mm. transformation to go through transformation. You almost have to be taken to that point to be forced to truly let go because you just can't hold on. And that's why like disease and ill health puts in a very vulnerable state where we can't hold things together anymore. We only have a certain amount of energy to give to ourselves. Even then we can still hold on, still resist a bit by just managing a smaller version of life. But eventually even that smaller version of life is not serving us. And we're like, okay, maybe I need to let go a bit more to really now allow myself to, to recreate, you know, the life that I want to want to lead. So yeah, it's a big, it's a big topic. There's a lot we Mm. can cover. Mm. But, but yeah, control, holding things together is, is a big part of the resistance. Get the Radical Health Rebel ad-free. Head on over to our Patreon channel at www.patreon.com forward slash Radical Health Rebel. It's the only place where you can watch full length, completely ad and sponsor free episodes of the podcast. Plus, you can join the Radical Health Rebel Patreon community where you can have a say in the podcast, watch exclusive behind the scenes clips, as well as early access to the podcast. That's 
patreon.com forward slash radical health rebel. Just a brief interruption to this podcast to talk about adult acne. Now, did you know that 40 to 54% of men and women older than 25 years will have some degree of facial acne and that clinical facial acne persists into middle age in 12% of women and 3% of men? I know only too well the devastating effects that acne can have on your confidence and your self-esteem and how it can easily destroy your social life, your career and your relationships. I know this only too well because I suffered from severe cystic acne from age 13 to 31. Over an 18 year period, I visited my doctor on many occasions and his only suggestions were acne creams, harsh cleansers and antibiotics that weren't working and were actually making my skin worse. After 18 years of struggle and thousands of pounds invested in treatments that didn't work, through my professional education, I began to learn that what my doctor had told me was untrue and that diet was directly related to acne, plus other factors such as food sensitivities, toxicity, hormones, and balancing the body's microbiome. Putting what I had learned into practice, I managed to rid myself of acne over 20 years ago and have been helping others to do the same for well over a decade. By teaching people what foods cause acne, what food sensitivities each individual has, how to optimize their detox pathways, how to reduce environmental stresses and toxins, and how to balance hormones, especially those related to the mTOR pathway, a major causal factor with acne, I've been able to help many other adults overcome their acne nightmare too. So if you would like more information on how to overcome your adult acne, please go to www.skinwebinar.com. That's www.skinwebinar.com, where you can also request an acne breakthrough call with me to see if you are suitable for my Eliminate Adult Acne Coaching Program, where you can once and for all learn how to overcome your adult acne. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, and when you talk about you know, you've got no more energy left or you don't have any vitality or health left. You can almost see that happening on a humanity wide scale that, you know, there's a lot of illness, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of fatigue. And it's almost like, you know, as a collective, we almost have to hit rock bottom before we can build something that we, we really all want rather than just, you know, a 1% of people want for everybody. And, and I guess that's the difference between collectivism and individualism. And we've seen, you know, we've seen collectivism in the Soviet union, in Nazi Germany, still in China today, it runs on a system of collectivism where you have to give up everything about yourself for the, for the good of everyone. But that means that everyone isn't living a life that they want. So that's kind of how I see collectivism. And and that's and that seems to be what our so-called world leaders want for everyone is, is a world of collectivism and and really stifling, you know, the individual. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it, really? I mean, you know, just imagine you got you have to look after a group of kids, say ten kids. You got ten kids to manage. You're like, right. All do this, and I'm going to make you some food, and it's food's going to be, it's all going to be, you know, the same. 
And because you've only got so much ability to manage these 10 kids with different needs. So you can sort of understand if you've got this type of power structure, authority structure, why they want to manage it in that sort of way. It sort of makes sense. Yeah. Makes their life easier Mm. as well. We all want an easier life in some regards. So it's almost that we have to start being more responsible for ourselves. Mm. And responsibility, again, this is one of the reasons we resist it because we don't want to be responsible for it because it takes some honesty with ourselves, be honest with ourselves. We can't fool ourselves. And it takes a little bit of of work to get away from the total comfortable life and easy life that we've created, which has been a world of, um, what's the word? convenience it's convenient Mm. to have somebody else looking after us it's convenient to still be a child and have our parents look after us aka the doctors the politicians the this that Mm. but the more convenient it is like we give even the convenience to to food so we get convenient foods it's very convenient but is it optimal for us do the convenient companies really care about our health or just Mm. giving us food that we're happy to shove down our necks and to pay for. Mm. So the more convenient our life becomes, the more we've given our responsibility to people outside of ourselves, then probably the the less happy we will be in a way because that means that means two things. First of all, we are we're relying on other people and they tend not to mm. care about us as much as we care about ourselves or even our families do. Yeah. And then there's the, yeah. on the second level is that we're doing convenience things because we don't have time in our lives. Or we say we don't have our time in our lives to, to do the more nourishing things that we truly want to do. Because, you know, there's people working long hours in their jobs, come home and they've got kids, um, let alone fit in a hobby or two, but then distraction, social media, you know, watching TV and all the channels that we have and we're addicted to. It's like this, it's just a pressure cooker. So this pressure cooker is building, building, and it's working brilliantly because this is the necessary, this is a necessary squeeze before we decide to just let go of everything and say it's not working because like how much more are we going to fit into our lives and pressure ourselves into a life of just distraction, work, mental clutter and chaos absolute i mean it's absolute madness at the moment with our phones and with everything that's going on we but we need that pressure to build before people will perhaps just break down or just say no enough you know Mm. and i think tying back into this individualism against collectivism thing is that it's time for the individual it, mm. it's but we've got to take that back for and it's again we can't this even come back to individualization in, and uh and our own lives it's it takes it takes work to do that so we need to we need to sort of step away and and realize that even when we go down that that path we'll still be perhaps looking for those authorities to make it easy but we have to remember the only authority we need is our inner guidance and and our higher higher consciousness to do that we really need to come back to our self-reliance um and i think that then when we start as individuals to 
to lead that transformation through our own individual lives, we are we are actually creating the new world through that. We're not creating new world order through the collectivism channels. <laughs> we're collecting, we're creating a new world, and it's not necessarily ordered as they like to be ordered. It's going to be chaotic, and it's going to be lots of creativity, many individual minds and individual lives coming to the forefront, creating new ways of being, new systems. Uh, new information, new knowledge, maybe new technology. But once we step on our own path and we allow ourselves to open up truly and express who we are and the knowledge we have and allow these gifts to come through, they've been suppressed by conformity, by just being doctrinated with education, you know, and material wealth. This, These are going to be the new seeds and the new flowers in the garden which are going to create the new world. But a small proportion of us have to create that first because, you know, if it all collapses on itself all at once, that may not be too helpful for everybody. But those people who have been selected for transformation now through ill health, through relationship breakdown, through mental health breakdown, through collapse of material wealth, these people have some real strength and courage or maybe don't even realise that yet, but I know they do if they really start to work with this, with the the natural intelligence of transformation, it's going to take them on an amazing journey and they are going to be planting the seeds for the future. But all at the moment with, with the way we see it at the moment, it's like, no, 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 this divorce or this mental health breakdown or this illness you've got, it's a mistake. It's, it's wrong. Keep suppressing it. Take more drugs. Mm, yeah. You know, just, do this, do that. You know, it's it's a mistake. You know, you're wrong. You know, if we if we get rid of all that and say no, it's no mistake. It's divine intelligence that created the world around us, this whole planet, this whole way of life. It's created this. The whole the divine intelligence, the creative intelligence that runs through, say, a flower, that from seed to full full blossom is the same intelligence and creative force that runs through us in our lives but what we're trying to do is we get to a certain point of life okay we germinate out the seed and we just want to contain ourselves there we don't want to grow anymore we don't want to be different we don't want to blossom and bloom and try to show our true selves because that can be dangerous and that's not what has been encouraged we want to just be like everybody else we want to contain ourselves but just imagine trying to contain a seed or or that intelligence you can't it's going to create pain you know you try and be a seed and try and escape that seed but it's not allowing you to break through the amount of force that's going to try and germinate out of that seed but it's being wasted and just going stagnant within the seed that's what's going on within us when we actually let go of all all the energy and control going into that containment we allow ourselves to bloom and allow the creative force to work through us and we are here at this time of amazing transformation for very good reason. It's because we have something to bring to this era now. We have our individual gifts and talents and knowledge and wisdom to create something new. But it takes a couple of things. It takes it takes courage to trust that what you're going through is exactly 
right in the divine order of things and not to suppress it and to let let yourself go and let life lead you through to this next evolution of yourself and your life. And it takes trust. It takes real trust, but that is a process in itself. So would you say there's any kind of key core principles of transformation? There are. It was probably quite a lot to unpack if I was to go into them all now. I mean, I've got, it's really my core, the core philosophies that I have are sort of fourfold, really. What he taught you, really, if, and, you know, I don't even need to talk you through this, really. I can just leave you and the listeners and the viewers with, with this. But the flower model, as I call it, or the flower model, as I sort of just explained, is, is a core principle in terms of if you just look at the flower and how it grows and wonder, does that flower grow itself? How consciously does that flower grow itself? Or is there something within that flower? And I would argue that there was. There was a, a divine intelligence which simply grows through it. If it allows itself to, to grow into whatever flower it is, and there are thousands upon millions probably of different flowers, just like there are different, each one of us is totally unique in our individuality. Then look at that and just look at the flower and just look at that as a metaphor for your life and and understand that just because we reach eight years you know eighteen years old or become an adult does not stop mean we stop growing, but where in our life are we suppressing that growth? Where are we taking control of that growth? Where is our logical mind and our wants and desires and fears? beliefs holding us back from allowing that growth because when we allow that growth it's purely nature growing through us and expressing itself through us and we then take our place within the world as who we're meant to be bringing our own authenticity to the world which it really needs at this point so that's the flower model one of the big obstacles as i've already talked about is is going through life as if what we want is most important. If we change our perspective, and basically I was, about a couple of years ago after I'd gone through breakup from my last relationship, I was invited to a, a fire, a shamanic fire. And I was tending this fire between one and three in the morning. It's a very sacred thing to do to tend the fire. So here I am, man in the woods, you know, at the fire with my stick. And I'm, adding a bit more fuel to the fire, you know, chucking a bit more wood on and I'm poking it around a bit. But we're meant to be more present with that fire. It's there to teach us as much as anything. And as I'm I'm realising, as I'm putting wood on this fire, I'm like, well, why am I putting wood on this fire? It's burning very nicely at the moment. You know, the people who've tended the fire before me have built it to such such a stage. I actually don't need to do that much to tend this fire. What does the fire want? What does the fire need? I was going at it like, oh, how can I make this fire bigger? What do I want of this experience with the fire? Put more logs on. Yeah, because my mind was wanting something to do. My ego is wanting something to create. And we see it in the world now. Generations before us have built a fire, a very nice fire, quite a self-sustaining fire in many ways. And yet we come along with our busy minds and our egoic needs and desires and our issues of low self-worth. And we're like, 
What am I going to bring to this life? What am I going to create? What, am I, what do I want? And this fire was saying, what does life want? What does life need? So when we actually ask, what does life want of me? Then it will start to show you. And it can be very different and very more simple and less hectic, less busy, uh, more fulfilling. But you will find your place in the world because that's why you came here originally is to fulfill that space. So the second thing is, what does life want? These are two important important points. And then it's about navigating life. So the flower grows. Yes, that's the internal process of the the natural divine intelligence growing and expressing itself through us. But obviously the flower also is a part of its environment and the environment helps to shape that flower and its growth. Much like our life helps to grow us and influence us. So I've got another point, which is called be the ball. And it's basically imagine a ping pong ball going down a little stream. We are the ping pong ball going down this stream, bouncing off rocks, twisting and turning, bomb, 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 floating and nicely navigating this stream of life. In actual fact, we're more like a really sticky stick, which gets caught on rocks, which clings to rocks, which doesn't really flow very nicely, spins around, gets stuck, you know, and that's often how we navigate life. It goes back to obviously actually Buddhist principles of non-attachment, non-resistance. What we do is we cling on to our hopes and dreams and how life is and the comfort of, I want life to be like this forever. I want life to still be like the 80s, but it ain't going to happen, unfortunately. (laughs) I still want to tell myself that. We cling on to the safety of the known. We resist the fear of the unknown. We resist the, you know, what the future, what it holds, because when you go on this journey and you let go, you let go of knowing what even tomorrow is going to hold for you, of who you're going to become. And that is scary. Once you really let go and stay in the present, you let go of control. You let go of trying to just control what you're creating even the next day. So so we're trying to become more ball-like. Be the ball. But that is a process in itself and takes the journey of life. So being a sticky stick is fine. Just be aware where, you know, where you are sticking and allow, soften more so. And with that journey of life, the last part is how to navigate that journey of life down the stream. And I teach that it really comes from an inner feeling. So it's feeling over thought. We, we, we don't use this as much in the creation of this new world. We come to feeling, knowing that takes takes experience as well and then it comes with connection to the higher consciousness of life that that thing which is going to help guide you as well which is going to guide you to what life wants and truly what life wants is what you want you're just not aware of it so yeah look at the flower how it grows imagine the ball bouncing down the stream ask yourself what does life want which really just to you to soften and surrender and then navigate life with your your feeling and with communicating with with higher consciousness, just having a conversation and being aware, being present enough to see the responses that life is life is bringing you in your environment. Could just be a a, re- a comment on the radio, 
or a name that comes up again and again, um, divine meetings with people, things like that. So those are the four steps. Yeah, I go into that a lot more, obviously, individually in in the group work Mm. that I do. Yeah, I really like those. I really like those. So imagine someone's watching or, or listening to this and, you know, we're all going through, you know, an unprecedented moment in time of change. What would be maybe some top tips for those people just to, you know, help them allow transformation to happen? Yeah, top tips. There's a lot you'll get through this. Um, top tips is is one to trust. The first thing is to actually look at your life, look at the challenges you're facing, and say, okay. And you don't even need to trust it right now because this is a practice, but okay, just accept it. Accept that whatever is going on in this moment, there is an absolute greater intelligence at work here that is, you know, is to be worked with. So the first thing is acceptance that this, there is intelligence at work, no matter what you're going through at the moment. And it is a benevolent force. It is a force for good. So accept then as much as possible, allow, you know. So, okay, let go. So let go of the fear, let go of the the mental rumination so much and the trying to problem solve by yourself and the mental work that that takes. Just allow, soften and allow and let go. And with that softening and allowing, then come back to your feeling and say, what do I feel I need in this moment? What do I what do I need? What do I want? For me the other day, it was like, I need space and time. I need less financial pressure. That's what my body was saying to me. My mind could say many different things, but my body, when you go to the body and the feeling, that's the that's really the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. So yeah. And then with that start having a conversation with this higher intelligence takes a bit of trust. This will be a process. Mm. Do it in your own time, your own space. You don't, you know, want to, you may not want to look too, too bonkers in front of people. (laughs) You know, if other people around you might think you, what are you doing? Speaking to yourself, have a conversation, just one simple question and whatever challenge, just ask, you know, okay, look, I'm in this situation. Just show me the next step really clearly, really obviously, what do I need to do here? Who do I need to meet? Or what course do I need to take? Or even what supplements might help me? Or what hobby should I do at this moment would be really good for nurturing for my soul? Any question or, you know, just guide me on the next step. What do I need to do? Where do I need to be? Ask a question. But the, the big key here, the biggest key is to do it your way, is to take, to do life your way, is to trust yourself, to trust that. And this is just an, ex, you know, just uh, this is an example. And I'm not a doctor and I don't say don't go to doctors. Definitely go and get checked out for any health issue by a doctor. 
But what I would say is, but trust also that part of you that has curiosity to go a different path, that has a feeling that wants to go down a different path. Even if you haven't been down that path before, you might want to work with some, you know, people in the holistic health world. You might want to read into like Paul Check's work and understand that. Even though your doctor might disagree with some of what they say. And when the doctor does speak to you, if it doesn't feel right sometimes, or if you feel they don't, it's not the way you want to go, then trust that as well. Trust that once you start getting into the flow of life and you say to, to the greater consciousness of life, okay, I'm aware now. I'm aware that I need to start working with you. Once you get back into the stream of life, you're working with life. If you're out the stream and you're just working with the head and the mind and just what you shouldn't, you're going against the flow of life. You're going against life's natural intelligence. And that takes much more from you than when you're with the flow. And once you get back in the flow, you will be connected and there will be benevolence there and you will find that you have a lot more grace with your challenges and what you're going through by by doing it that way. So so I would say do it your way and, and, and trust yourself and the way you want to do it. So there are a few things there. Well, that's that's what I say with the awesome. tips. That's great. That's great. And what's what's next for Laurie? Well, yeah, well, Lee, a couple of things. I, I do want to end on on one thing I just want to share with you guys. Mm, sure. Because I'm aware that there's me talking about transformation, being a teacher and leader in the transformational space. I'm aware there will be people who might see me teaching at this point, a point whereby materially I'm at a very difficult stage. But in a way, I'm not. I'm here with my, my mother. You know, I, I've realized there's much more support in life. Mm. through this experience than you ever would when you're just trying to support yourself. But why, why listen to Laurie when he's gone through, he's just had to go through second bankruptcy, you know, why his business has failed. What I'm here to say is that the failure is in the attachment to material wealth. If that's stopping you from getting on the path of transformation to an authentic life, that can stop you. And to say that success in itself is a myopic vision of life, that it's it's one head of a coin, success and failure. Success and failure, you know, you're, we're flipping that coin every day. And so when we detach from material success, we have much more freedom to go with the flow of life. And so I'm here to teach transformation. I'm not here to teach how to be successful because my version of success and what success really is, is not perhaps what you or many people view as success at the moment, which is having material trappings, even having enough money for the next day. That If life is guiding you to be without money and those material trappings at the moment, then trust that process. So, and I had to learn this, the hard way, but it's a good lesson to learn because once you have less reliance on the material wealth and trappings, once you have more trust and you've experienced with the greater intelligence of life guiding you, you realize you can handle pretty much anything because you start to have real trust. The world really breaks down to where it's potentially going to go 
then I trust. Even though it can be very scary, I can hold myself more still. I can trust that it's for the right reasons. And that's what I'm here to teach. And when I was in the mountains of Argentina um, last year, I've been waiting for a conversation with this liquidation expert who's because I was talking in talks with someone at the time about maybe buying my business. I waited for three weeks to have a chat with this guy. In this cabin in the middle of the mountains by myself. And suddenly he's like, one morning he's like, okay, yeah, we can have that conversation. And it happened to be an hour before this first mentoring call with this, this guy I know. So I got on the phone to this liquidation expert. He said to me, actually, Laurie, you're going to have to go bankrupt if you do this. And I was like, oh, here we go again. And I literally, after the call, I was in tears. I was in floods of tears, down on myself. Why are you here again, Laurie? Why are you so useless? Why can't you make life work? Why is it always such a struggle? Wiped up the tears, got on a call with a mentor of mine. I had not had a one-to-one call with him before. This was the first one of 10. And he said, what's going on, Laurie? So I told him. And he's a very intuitive guy. But also, he's got a background in what I'm about to share with you. He said, well, Laurie, you know perhaps why you're struggling, don't you? And he's like, no. He said, well, you've got a learning difficulty. It's like, oh. Ping, light bulb went on in my mind. Just as I was told that the business was not going to go any further, just at the stage where there was no rescuing the business. I was told that one of the reasons the business has failed is because actually want of a better label. I don't buy, I don't resist labels or attach them, but I've essentially have what's termed ADHD or a collection of of ways of being that would fit into that. It's not a learning difficulty. It's just a style of learning. But because I didn't know of this and hadn't accepted this about myself, I was trying to be this businessman that I wasn't meant to be. I was trying to force myself to do things I really wasn't equipped to do. I was trying to live a life. Throughout my schooling, I'd struggled. Throughout holding down jobs, I'd struggled. And I didn't know why. And I'd always beaten myself up. My self-esteem had taken a kick in. My self-confidence had taken a kick in. And I'd hidden myself from the world. I'd built a business so that I could hide. And I here I was, no relationship in a cabin by myself in the mountains of Argentina, suffering by myself because of the shame I felt for all the failure that I'd experienced and felt that I was. The reason I'm sharing you with this, this with you guys, is because I want to share that the breakdown was as it was meant to be. The business was meant to go. It's no longer needed for me. I'm meant to move onto other things but where I'm meant to go now I need to know more about myself and what I know more about myself is that I have certain tendencies which are not meant to be fixed which are simply meant to be accepted so that I can then create a life again more authentic a business or a way of making money that's more authentic to who I am rather than trying to fit myself into life I'm trying to make life more authentic to me Hmm. I want to leave you with that because I am going into teaching transformation now, doing, going to be doing some group work, do some one-on-one work, um, getting some informational products out there. But truly, fundamentally, I'm in the process still of transformation. 
And so I'm trusting life more. I'm letting go. I'm just about to go off on my travels again next month without the stability of a business behind me, an income or any financial security. I'm going to have to navigate with use my wits and my connection to life and my trust in life. So my feeling was I need rest. And then suddenly I get uh, a monastery in Thailand come to me. So I'm off to do some deep meditation that my mind needs, my mental health needs. And from understanding of ADHD, I can understand why now I need to really come, become more present uh, with my with my life and uh, more into my body and out of my mind. And from there, who knows, mate, because I only know what I know when I'm meant to know it. And that's how I try to live life in that present moment cool. as much so. Awesome. Awesome. And where, where can people find you online? Yeah. So uh, my sort of tagline is transform with Laurie. So you'll see www.transformwithlaurie.com. Instagram, transform with Laurie. Facebook, transform with Laurie. Most likely get hold of me then uh, there. And um, yeah, that's, that's still transforming and generating at the moment as well. And do you have any kind of offer for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. What I'd say is just contact me through any of those uh, mediums uh, or via my email, Laurie Latham Sharp or one word and I hyphen at transformwithlaurie.com. And yeah, for any Radical Rebel listeners and viewers, then simply send the code RADICAL25 to me via any of those channels and you can get 25% off an introductory session with me, which is 90 minute session, 120 pounds. So you get 25% off that or um, any of my courses, which I will be running very shortly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, when I, when I said we were going to go for a deep dive, I wasn't quite expecting such a deep dive. So that was absolutely awesome. Awesome. So, you know, just going to thank you so much, Laurie, for taking your time out and, you know, sharing your wisdom with the Radical Health Rebel listeners and viewers. And to all the Radical Health Rebel tribe, if you know someone who would benefit from watching or hearing this episode, please make sure to share the love and forward it on to them. After all, the mission of this show is to help people lead a more fun-filled, healthy, productive, fulfilling and happy life. And if you appreciate my guests and the wisdom that they share with you each week, and you'd like to show your appreciation by supporting the podcast, you can become a subscriber at the brand new Radical Health uh, Rebel Podcast Plus, starting at just $3 a month. Or you can check out a seven-day free trial at our Patreon channel at patreon.com forward slash Radical Health Rebel, where you can also receive lots of exclusive premium content and exclusive discount offers included in your membership. Full details of how you can support the show can be found in the show notes. So that's all from Laurie and me for this week. But don't forget, you can join me the same time, same place next week on the Radical Health Rebel podcast. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Radical Health Rebel podcast with Lee Brandon. You can find Lee at www.bodycheck.co.uk. That's B-O-D-Y-C-H-E-K.co.uk. Please hit the like button and share on your social media. And with someone you feel will benefit from watching this episode. So together, we can help them lead a healthier, more productive, fulfilling and happy life. 